Hey friend, welcome back to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I'm Michael McCurry, your host. Greatly appreciate, as always, the opportunity to speak to you today. I'm excited for what we have to talk about. We're in the book of Mark chapter number one. And the book that I'm going to recommend to you today, it's amazing how God puts these things together, just dovetails so well. I've given you a few book recommendations, some historical books, some spiritual books and things like that. I talked about a hymnal, a hymn book not too long ago. But today, I'm going to talk about a specific book. I'll share that with you in just a moment. Go to the book of Mark, if you would, chapter number one. While you do that, let me tell you about a gospel tract. Many of you will know that this is one of my favorite gospel tracts. I carry them with me often, and I'll use them any chance I get to leave a gospel tract kind of surreptitiously, kind of subtly, when I'm uh, getting gas or petrol, as some may call it across the world, when I'm fueling up my vehicle, I'll take this gospel track called Charge It. It's about the size and shape and looks just like a credit card. And this gospel tract is phenomenal for sliding into the credit card slot at your favorite retailer, at your favorite gas station, wherever you might happen to be. You also can hand it person to person. You could leave it on the sink in a public washroom or something like that. But for leaving behind in such a way that someone might pull it out, they might even think for about three seconds that someone left their credit card behind and they're thinking, I've got to get this to this. And then they pull it out and then they see that it has the gospel very clearly, very concisely on the back of it. You can get this gospel track just like all of the rest of the 50 or so titles we print for free at BibleTracksInc.org. How do we print and produce and distribute and, and ship these gospel tracks for free? Well, the grace of God and the giving of God's people. If you'd like to partner with us in some small way, let me encourage you first to pray for us. And I don't call prayer a small thing. We're actually going to talk about prayer for just a moment here because of the book that I'm going to recommend. But let me encourage you to pray for the ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would, pray for me. Uh, So many decisions that have to be made. And uh, Austin, my lead designer, our director of operations, does such a phenomenal job. And he keeps the wheels spinning. We're rolling on down the road with so many different projects, in large part because of Austin. Pray for him, his family. Pray for me, my family. Pray for Brother Mark Fries, who does the radio editing for this program. You wouldn't be hearing this particular radio program, probably, without Mark Fries. I think of Matt Pearson who has done such such a phenomenal job with what we're calling partner connection calls. Maybe talk more about that in future days. And then pray for him and his family. Pray for Todd Lofbaum. Pray for Weston. Pray for all these people that have such a huge part. Think of Todd and what he does, not only with keeping the tracks going out the door in Weston as well, but also Todd with a prisoner uh, um, uh, outreach and discipleship. We're doing another push into the prisons. God has been good to us, but pray for us if you would. And if God does lead you to consider partnering with us, I'd encourage you that the next way to partner is to use gospel tracks. Third on the list, last on the list, least important on the list. Sure, if God leads you to partner with us financially, praise God. But feel, but please understand, 
Know that God wants you to. Don't just do it because I'm tugging your heartstrings and telling you gospel track stories and stuff. Do it because God wants you to. To each of those folks out there that do partner with us, especially on a monthly basis, I can't tell you what a blessing that is to us. We're in the book of Mark, chapter number one. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to read the first eight verses, and then I'm going to tell you about the book because they kind of dovetail together. Uh, book of Mark, it'd be good if I went there. Mark chapter number one, it's the second book of the New Testament. Mark chapter one, I'm almost there. Here we go. Mark chapter one, verses one through eight. You ready? The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins or because of the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of a skin about his loins and he did eat locusts and wild honey. Would you like some locusts today? I don't think so. Verse number seven, and preached saying, there cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. And then our text for today, verse number eight, I indeed, that's John talking, I indeed have baptized you with water. But he, meaning Jesus, shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. But the question today, very simply put, is this. Which would you prefer? The baptism of man? The praise of man? The accolades of man? The posturing and the pomposity of man? Would you prefer Jesus? The Holy Ghost? God the Father for God's hand to be on you. The book I want to talk about for just a few moments today is called Why Revival Tarries by Leonard Ravenhill. If you don't know Leonard Ravenhill, I'd encourage you to pick up some of his works. Phenomenal. It, it literally says on the front cover, a classic on revival. What I'm going to do is just read the first one, two, and I think three paragraphs or so to you of chapter one titled with all thy getting get unction it's gonna make more sense in just a moment but i want to talk about what you'd prefer do you like when men pat you on the back of course we do nobody's opposed to that modest though we may be but what's better for a man to speak highly of you or for god to indicate how highly he thinks of you Leonard Ravenhill says this, The Cinderella of the church of today is the prayer meeting. This handmaid of the Lord is unloved and unwooed because she is not dripping with the pearls of intellectualism nor glamorous with the silks of philosophy. Neither is she enchanting with the tiara of psychology. She wears the homespuns of sincerity and humility and so is not afraid to kneel. Now, what a wordsmith he was. The second chapter. The offense of prayer is that it does not essentially tie in to mental efficiency. Now, that is not to say that prayer is a partner to mental sloth. In these days, efficiency is at a premium. 
But prayer is conditioned by one thing alone, and that is spirituality. One does not need to be spiritual to preach, meaning, that is to say, to make and deliver sermons of homiletical perfection and exegetical exactitude. By a combination of memory, knowledge, ambition, personality, plus well-lined bookshelves, self-confidence, and a sense of having arrived, brother, the pulpit is yours almost anywhere these days. Preaching of the type mentioned affects men, but prayer affects God. Preaching affects time. Prayer affects eternity. The pulpit can be a shop window to display our talents. The prayer closet speaks death to display. The tragedy of this late hour is that we have too many dead men in the pulpits giving out too many dead sermons to too many dead people. Oh, the horror of it. There's a strange thing that I have seen under the sun. Even in the fundamentalist circles, it is the preaching without unction. What is unction? I hardly know, Mr. Ravenhill says. But I know what it is not, or at least I know when it is not upon my soul. Preaching without unction kills instead of giving life. The unctionless preacher is a saver of death unto death. The word, capital W, does not live unless the unction is upon the preacher. Preacher, with all thy getting, get unction. Christian, may I echo, Mr. Ravenhill, with all thy getting, get unction. This is not just for the Christian. This is not just for those of the men of the cloth, those with a ministry, those with a church, those under shepherds, no friend, I ask you which you prefer. Are you okay with those unctionless times, those seasons of ministry, those seasons of life where, in reality, you know you're not getting through to God? You know God is not in favor of the way you're living your life, of the decisions being made, and yet we persist. We're very stubborn, aren't we? I say we because I lump myself in my prayer today is that I do with all my getting get unction. Return to Mark chapter 1, verse number 8 for just a moment. I indeed, John says, have baptized you with water. But he, meaning Jesus, shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Think uh, towards the end, the very end of Jesus' life. In Jesus' death, the death of the testator begins, in truth, the New Testament. The New Testament of his blood, right? Well, friend, which would you prefer? Would you prefer that men give you applause, that they baptize you with adulation, with acclamation? Or would you prefer... Rude, though it may be, meaning uh, low, lowly, humble, uh, of no uh, great report in men's eyes. But would you prefer for God to <sighs> breathe on you? Meaning for his hand to be on you. I'm not talking about some second working of the Holy Spirit where you need to get baptized. To, no, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm asking you what you prefer. I can tell you that there are times that the 
tickling of the ears when men say nice things. Oh, it's pleasant. But oh, so much more powerful when God affirms his approval. Let me encourage you today and this week, this weekend, to be careful of where your preferences lie. I'd love to speak to you more next week. We're going to jump into verse number 9 on Monday, kind of a transitional verse in Mark chapter 1. I'm going to encourage you, please come back. I'm so excited about where we're going. We're jumping into the meat of the thing. My prayer, as always, is that you have a great day for His glory. If you would consider it, go to BibleTracksInc.org and get some of these gospel tracks I've talked about this week. Charge it. He is not here. Are you afraid? Uh, It's free. And where are the dead? You can get those for free at BibleTracksInc.org. We'll talk soon. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 604 A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.